Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... What does it mean to be a man or a woman after God's heart? There's someone that says, I'm not doing my thing. I'm not doing me. I'm not pursuing my own goals, ambitions, aspirations. God, I want what you want. David may have wanted to go fight, but he's like, God, do you want me to go fight? If you tell me to go fight, I'm going to go down and fight. If you don't, you tell me not to go, I won't go. And if we could get to that place in our lives, even our prayer lives, where the goal of prayer is to get, God just want to know what your will is. So often when people pray, the goal of their prayers is to get God to give them what they already, they've already decided what they want. How much of our prayers are just us making requests to God? We just walk up to God's throne and give Him our wish list. Of course, God wants us to ask for things and to cast our concerns to Him. But do we want God to do our will, or do we want to do His will? In today's message, Pastor Bill examines David's prayer life and shows us that David wanted to do what God wanted him to do. He asked God what to do. God responded, and David obeyed. Let this be a model for your prayer life also. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 23, as he begins his message, If God Be For Us. Whenever we open up the Word, right, it's living and powerful, and God is going to speak to those who have ears to hear what He is saying. So I know He has a Word for everybody that's listening, so I'm asking y'all to tune in so y'all can get what He has for you. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come together as the body of Christ, Lord, to uh, thank you for that sweet time just to offer our praise and our worship to you, God. You are deserving of and uh, worthy of so much, Lord. So we, we give you all the glory for who you are, for what you have done, what you're doing, what you will do. And God, tonight, as we look to your word, we believe that it's living and powerful, that God, this is no regular book. This is the, these are the words of Almighty God. And so there are things for us to hear, to learn, to glean. God, I pray you meet each person. God, you know who we are, uh, what's on our hearts and our minds, what we're going through. I pray you meet us through the study of your word tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. One of the blessings for me, uh, as, as uh, I have the privilege to teach the word, I get to study it and prepare it. And so often... Uh, God will speak to me through my devotional life, but so often as I'm preparing to give a word, preparing a study, God is like, give me, it's for me too. I just want y'all to know that. So I never prepare a Bible study. It's like, God, this is for them. It all, all too often, it's first for me. And, uh, it ministers in me, encourages, convicts, challenges, or whatever. And then, and then whatever it does when y'all hear this, it, it's for y'all too. It ain't just for me, but, uh, it's never just to give out. You know, it's always, it's always first here. So, uh, let me give a little background. We're, we're looking at the life of David. So David has been anointed king, but he's not reigning. He's not, he's not functioning as king yet because King Saul, though he's been told by God, he's been replaced. He's not letting go yet, right? King Saul has, he's continuing to pursue David, to chase him down. Um, he wants to kill him. And so all of Saul's efforts are to destroy David because David is a threat to him holding on to the little bit of kingdom that he thinks he got left. Here's what is, if I can give you a big picture, God is with who in this story? God is with David. So I titled the message tonight, If God Be For Us, and I just put dot, dot, dot. Everybody finish that for me. If God be for us, that's Romans 8.31, right? If God is for you, who 
can man, think about that? Who can be who, who can be against you if God is saying, I'm standing with her. I'm standing with him. Nobody can successfully. Now, it's not that people won't be against you. They just won't succeed against you if God is standing with you. And so David is outdone, outnumbered. I mean, there's so many things against him, but God is with him. And that's all that matters. That's one thing I want you guys to get tonight. Maybe some of you are in situations where you feel like, man, the the, the battle is, is, is overwhelming and there's so much against you. All that you need to know is if God is with you. Are you with God and is God with you? That's everything. And we'll see in David's life, that is everything. So uh, let's look at it. Chapter 23, verse one of first Samuel. It says, then they told David saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and they are robbing the threshing floors. I thought this was interesting, right? David's David's been running for his own life, right? He's been hiding here and hiding there. We saw that last week. Um, you know, but now David's found somewhere to kind of hide out. And now he hears about the people in the people of Keilah. Um, the Philistines are coming to fight against them and they they could use some help from David. Um, and so they're telling David, you know, that the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and they're robbing the threshing floor. So the threshing floors in, a, in an agricultural society is if you were threshing wheat. Uh, there were these areas where you would take all the wheat, you throw it up, the wind would blow, the, the good stuff would fall down, the bad stuff would blow away. And it's where you went to go and, you know, just separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. And so David is being told, hey, they're getting robbed of their necessities. And so David, verse two, and this is something we're going to see over and over again. I want you to mark it in your Bibles. It says, therefore, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go attack these Philistines? This is what David knows. The Philistines are the enemies of who? Israel. So David's like, it don't matter who they're attacking. These are my enemies, right? Anybody here ever gangbang? Don't raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> but if you ever gangbang, right? This, and the enemies, are, even if your enemies are fighting somebody else, it's like, I should help, right? The, them, my enemies are fighting somebody else. That's, I, mean, that, I don't want to take y'all back. We no longer, you know, encourage that kind of behavior. But if you did it, you know. Um, David is saying, look, I'm an Israelite. These are the Philistines. They're fighting Keilah. You know, that, those are my enemies. But I want you to note that David doesn't just step out and do stuff, which is so important. David had how many men with him? We learned last week, 400. It's, tonight is the, the, the 400 grows to 600, but he had 400 guys. What kind of guys were these guys? Everybody that was distressed in debt. And uh, what was the third one? Discontented. He, he had this sound like prison cell mates. You know, everybody that was that David had some he had some rough, tough, ragtag group of guys. But he didn't just say, let's go jump in the battle. David's like, first, we pray about it. We inquire of the Lord. I want you to pay attention to that. So important because throughout David's life, right, we, we hear the phrase that David was a man after God's own heart. Well, this is one of the reasons why. What does it mean to be a man or a woman after God's heart? There's someone that says, I'm not doing my thing. I'm not doing me. I'm not pursuing my own goals, ambitions, aspirations. God, I want what you want. David may have wanted to go fight, but he's like, God, do you want me to go fight? If you tell me to go fight, I'm going to go down and fight. If you don't, you tell me not to go, I won't go. And if we could get to that place in our lives, even our prayer lives, where the goal of prayer is to get, God just want to know what your will is. So often when people pray, the goal of their prayers is to get God to give them what they already, they've already decided what they want. And they just, I'm, I'm on, they're only praying so that God will give it to them. God, would you let me have? God, would you bless me with? God, would you do this for me? Rather than saying, God, do you want that for me? 
God, is that your best for me? God, is that your will for me? And so David is inquiring of the Lord. We're going to see this multiple times all throughout David's life. Uh, I, I try to every time you see it, just mark it. David inquired of the Lord. Let it be a reminder to you and to me that you and I are blessed that we have access to almighty God. Right. That he would listen to you when you pray, that when you cry out to God, God says, I'm listening. And he will answer you. He will speak to you. He will meet you. So David inquires of the Lord here saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? Look at verse three and four. The end of verse two, it says, and the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. So he asked a very direct question. He got a very direct answer. Lord, shall we, shall I go and fight against these people? And God said, yes, you shall go and attack these Philistines and save Keilah. Here's the cool thing about God speaking to you, God giving you direction. If if David had just went to fight Keilah or fight the Philistines that were fighting against Keilah, if he just went on his own whim, it would be a, a question mark. Are we going to have victory? I don't know. We, we just anybody here starts a fight. You know, you start a fight. You might hope you're going to win, but you don't know you're going to win. You just hope you're going to win. But if you ask God, God, should I go fight right here? And God says, man, go, go over there. I, I, I got you. Now I know I'm winning. Imagine going into a fight knowing I no way I lose. God is with me. You imagine how you would, how would you walk? Some of y'all wouldn't even know how to handle yourself. You know what I mean? Imagine going to the battle knowing that I know I'm going to win this battle. You would walk different. You have a different error about yourself, you know, uh, a confidence not in yourself, a confidence in God. I, I shared this story, but um, when I was coming up, uh, me and my sister kept getting into scuffles on the way home from school. There was a my, I would get off one bus coming home and there was a school that we would cross section with. So there were kids that we used to y'all know what bagging is. Okay, I, I used to be a pro. I was a, I could have I could have I could have went. I could have been a job for me and my sister. So we were bagging on these kids and it went physical. So, you know, it went from bagging and it was a fight and it was just me and my sister and it was all of these kids. So I walk in the house and my shirt is all, you know, you know, messed up a little bit. My mom, what's going on? What happened down there? You know, and I, I told her, oh, we, you know, was bagging on these kids and we got into a fight. And so my mother sends my older brother the following day. She's like, you go, you know, you sit on, there's a, there's a, a brick, a little half, little half fence, you know, of bricks. She tells my older brother to wait down there. Now, he's 10 years older than me. So if I'm fourth grade and nine years old, he's 19. My brother, like six, two, six, three. Um, you know, he's a whole grown man at this point in time. And so now I know my brother's going to be there. Right. It's not just me depending on my sister. Oh, you have to know. And my brothers, we're not Christians. So my brother's like, man, talk it up. I, I bagged. I was I was talking as soon as they were in earshot. I was I was woofing. I was I remember the one kid's name was Marcel. And he was, uh, I, you know, I won't say what I was saying, but anyway, I went in, I went in, but I, I went in knowing that now today there's nothing y'all can do, right? I got, my brother's going to step up and be like, oh, boogeyman, you know, every kid's going to run away. And that's what happened. You know, when I look at this with David, he, he's able to move into some of these battles with the confidence that God told me to go. I'm not just doing this on a, not a question mark. There's an exclamation point on this. I'm going and God is going with me. That's why one of the reasons why it's so important you and I pray before we do things so that we're not going wondering, hoping. I hope God, I wonder if it might be you, you want to have the confidence of I, I prayed about this and the Lord has told me to go. There are times where you need that because sometimes as you get going in the direction that God has called you to go in, the warfare kicks up, difficult things happen. You need to be able to say at step two, when it gets difficult, God told me to be here. So, so I'm still here with God, even though it's difficult. Cause sometimes when you do exactly what God says to do, it gets difficult, right? 
Uh, I tell you guys, when we were getting into this building, which God had told us to do, and we were doing all the building and stuff like that, we hit some rough spots. And I was able to look back and say, but God told me to be here. Um, for you single people, it's important in your marriage. Before you get married, that you're able to look back. I can look back with my wife of 24 years this month, praise the Lord, and I can say, I remember I remember when I prayed, God, is, is, is this who I'm supposed to be with? And I, she wasn't really all, you know, she liked me, but she was like, it wouldn't have mattered to her at that point. It was like early, early on. Um, it probably mattered more to me then, you know, but I said, God, if not, if it is, let me know. If it's not, let me know. But I really liked her. I didn't want to mess her life up or, you know, uh, uh, let something go wrong. And God made it clear. I mean, when I tell you I prayed on a Monday, I was answered by Wednesday emphatically. That's her. Don't mess it up. Um, and so now I never had to look back. I just had to convince her that, I mean, look, <laughs> she, she was still holding out the Heisman, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I never have to look back. It doesn't matter where this marriage goes and what happens in our lives. I'm, I'll always be able to say, God, you told me that that was my wife. And uh, so that's not a question mark. That's not something on a rough day that I'm going to say, is this even who I'm supposed to be with? You can't be asking questions like that, y'all. You got to ask, do you ask that question beforehand? Because afterwards, you know, it don't matter afterwards. You get five years in as a God, is this who I'm, it's who you're going to be with now. <laughs> it's my will for you now. So suffering and all that. So, you know, so ask first. Amen. So David inquired of the Lord, should he go? And um, uh, it says that God answered him back and said, go attack the Philistines and save Keilah. Now, David had some men with him. Remember, he had those 400 men. Now, David's got faith in God. David's been walking with God. David's been to war with the Lord. But these guys are fresh. They don't have his background, his history and his faith. So look at what happens in verse three. But David's men said to him, look, we are afraid. We scared. <laughs> we, you know, um, we, we're, we are afraid here in Judah. How much how much more than if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? And so David's men is fair, right? I'm not bagging on them. They're, they're, this is new for them. They just jumped. They just joined David's team. And so they don't have his faith yet. And so they're saying, hey, David, bro, we, we are afraid. Right. Psalm 108 uh, verses 12 and 13. I thought this was uh, it just it went well with this. Psalm 108 verse 12 and 13. It says, give us help from trouble for the help of man is useless. Through God, we will do valiantly for for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. David knew this. David said, man, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not looking for help from men. So look at what David does. His men come and say they're afraid. And what does David do in verse four? He went right back to what he knows. David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered and said, arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. I want you to know that David gets a little more information this time. Last time he inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said, David, go ahead, go attack the Philistines and save Keilah. Well, the fact that he said save Keilah to me was indication that you're going to be victorious. This time he, go, he goes back to the Lord on behalf of these guys. And the Lord answered and said, arise, go down to Keilah for I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. I believe this gave David something to go back and to tell these men, right? That, hey, guys, look, I, the Lord is with us. The Lord is going to deliver them into our hands. And so a, a few things I want to note from this is sometimes what you hear from God conflicts with what you're going to hear from those around you. Right. This is why it's so important that you have your own relationship with the Lord, 
that you have your own prayer life, that you read your Bible on your own, because sometimes what God tells you, he haven't told the people around. That's happened in my life so many times where God has given me direction and then you start checking with people and ain't nobody else heard what you heard. And I want you to understand that, that, that God doesn't require for anybody else to hear. You don't get a co-signer when God has spoken to you. And so God spoke to David. Um, the people around him felt different. David double checked with the Lord. I want you to know he didn't check with the men. He checked with the Lord. Um, but that's the right thing to do. Don't go checking with people. Check back with the one who gave you the instruction in the first place. Again, this is why it's critically important that we hear from God for ourselves. So as a church, as a pastor, we never want people to feel like the only way to hear from God is through us. It's not that it's not. It doesn't work like that. I don't have a special in with the Lord. Some people think that when the pastor, you're you're really connected. No, I'm just as connected as you are. You can be just as connected as I am. Jesus bled for you just like he bled for me. I think I need the Holy Ghost like you need the Holy Ghost. God will speak to you through the word just like he'll speak to me through the word. And you need to know that. So you would not be dependent on somebody to talk to you for God. You may receive from the Lord from people I do. Um, but but the most important way to receive from the Lord is for yourself. That you have an individual relationship with the, with the Lord. That you pray, you read, you listen, you hear. David had that. Also, I want you to notice that God doesn't change his mind because David's men were afraid. Um, you know, and this is what I think is cool, right? They're they're going to see the hand of God in this first battle, and they're going to grow from here, right? We're going to see these men later, and they're going to sound like you know we know what they were to begin with. This ragtag group that David put together. We're going to see them later in Samuel. And it's going to be an elite army of, of special forces, soldier type dudes. They grow into something pretty amazing down the road. But this is where they start at. And I think this is important, right? David is is in these conditions that he's in. He's still leading other people in faith. These guys are going to see the hand of God as they followed their leader, David. David's going to lead them in. David's reassuring them, guys, we're going to go. The Lord's going to be with us. And they're going to see the Lord move in their lives through this. I want you to note this important pattern here. Three things that are so important. Verse five, it says this. Uh, first, David prayed, right? He asked the Lord. Then he heard back from the Lord. The thing that's important that we do after this is that we actually go do what God said do. So often people have asked the Lord, heard from the Lord, and they stutter on that third step. And if you ask the Lord and hear from the Lord and you don't ever step out to do what God said, do makes you just a disobedient believer. And you might stop hearing from the Lord. That's how some people get their spiritual ears clogged up where they don't hear very clearly because the last thing you asked and heard you haven't done. Why would God? Why is God going to keep speaking to you Um, when when you're proven disobedient? As you go through scripture, you study this on your own. Those that you see were hearing very clearly were those that were listening very obediently. I love like in Acts where Philip, you know, it says that the, the, the spirit, you know, spoke to him and he ran to overtake the chariot. And then the, 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 then the Lord, then the, 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 the angel of the Lord spoke to him and he did everything he was told to do. And so he gets to lead someone to the Lord and experience the miraculous. But I mean, he was obedient to what the Lord was saying at, at every step. And so um, David hears, I mean, he acts, he hears, and then we're going to see that he actually goes, which is important. Verse five, David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. So I want you to note here that three steps, asked, heard, and he went. 
Now, when he went, everything God said he was going to do, he did. Amen. God kept his word. Now, here's what's important here. Not only has David experienced the Lord, he just brought 400 people with him. I bought 400 ragtag, roughneck, ruffian fellas, and y'all have seen God work on our behalf. And so now, what's that done to these guys, right? I think they're encouraged. I, th- I think they're going to be growing in their faith. We're going to see as we continue in this chapter, it's this chapter where the 400 turns into 600. And I wonder how many of those 600 joined after, after the victory, after God had a victory here. Verse, verse six now, it says, now it happened when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. A couple of things I want to note here. First of all, I want you to note God is not letting Saul get through to David. Saul cannot get through with all his men. They cannot get through. I want you to note that we're going to see a few people that do get through and how it's all divine. First one that gets through to David is, um, you know, Saul killed all the priests, right? Ahimelech's, you know, offspring. Well, one of Ahimelech's children or sons who was a priest, Abiathar, he escaped. Well, God let him get through to David. So Abiathar gets through and he has something really important with him. He has an ephod with him. Anybody here know what's significant or important about the ephod that the priest had? Anybody? Ephod. What do, what do you do with an ephod? In the ephod, there was something called the Urim and the Thummim. It was what the priest would use to, to seek the Lord on your behalf and to get a very specific answer. Um, and so, you know, people would go to inquire of the Lord. They would go to the priest. This is Old Testament. New Testament, I'll explain a little bit later who our Urim and Thummim is and how we don't go. Y'all ain't got to come to me and we don't go to no priest. We got we got a better direction. But they would go directly to the priest and say, hey, shall I do this or not? And I mean, see, I kind of like it. I feel like, man, God, that seems so much easier. Just yes or no. And they would get a direct answer. Yay, nay. And uh, yeah, you know, it'd be that simple. Well, God lets this guy get through with the Urim and the Thummim so that David could be, David had someone there who was in the right relationship with the Lord. Um, and he could see, he could, you know, that David could also speak, you know, seek the Lord through that relationship. So I want you to pay attention to who can get through to David and who can't. Um, again, and I see the reason why this guy got through is because David had something for him. David was going to bring protection for him, but he also had something to bring to the table as he would be able to inquire of the Lord on David's behalf. Look at verse seven and eight. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hands. Saul is, is he's out of his mind, right? He's like, God is not even with you. He thinks God delivered him into his hands. There was always somebody leaking information to Saul. There's always some, some scallywag, you know, somebody, somebody laying around just telling the business. And so Saul would get this information he thinks God delivered David into his hands. And he says, for he has shut him himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Uh, then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. So I guess David going into Keilah put him into an area where he was behind gates and bars. He was cornered. And Saul said, oh, David, you know, he messed up. And uh, I'm going to go down there and get him. And um, but we'll see that, you know, uh, again, God is with them. So. Saul assembles his men to go down and get David. Um, but I want to just note again, Saul does not have a relationship with the Lord. The Lord is not with Saul. And Saul is expending a lot of energy and a lot of effort with no success. I want anybody here that's that that's your testimony. 
If you're expending lots of energy and lots of effort with no fruits, at some way you might want to step back and say, is what I'm doing what God wants? Is God with me? Am I with God? That sounds like a miserable way to do life. Amen. To be expending energy and effort and time because everything that Saul wants to do, God doesn't want done. So glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. We're currently in the book of 1 Samuel. Many of the childhood Bible stories stem from this book. David is a main character, and he came from humble means. He was a simple shepherd boy, but God had great things in mind for him. He was a musician also, and this served him well as he was able to help King Saul. But more than these occupational type of skills, David had a heart for God like no other. God refers to David as a man after his own heart. What a compliment coming from the very creator of everything. This doesn't mean that David was perfect. As we all know, he wasn't. But his heart was continually coming back to God, seeking help, asking for refuge, and coming back with a repentant heart. This is the type of heart God wants from each of us. Do you find yourself looking up to David and his character? If you'd like to learn more about David and 1 Samuel, feel free to listen to more teachings from this series on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this eventful book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today. And Pastor Bill will be back with more in the coming edition of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep your head in the Word and your heart close to God. Then, make sure to come back for another insightful edition of A Transforming Word.